eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. All right. Gigantic game. Absolute gigantic game this week. And this starts a stretch for the Niners where they're at Seattle on a short week on Thursday. Then they play the, the Eagles. And then they play Seattle again. So it's a really big stretch for them. Now, they opened up this game six and a half point favorites. And the last I saw it, it was seven. Vegas and the public still really believe in the 49ers. When the lines are this big, when you're going on the road to Seattle and you're getting a line that big, the public and Vegas believe that you're back. Now, Gino's elbow might have something to do with that, too, because even if he plays, I'm not sure how healthy he's going to be. Um, but the Niners were 13 and a half point favorites against the Bucs too. People believe that they're back, but going to Seattle, it's always been tough. They've only won there twice since 2011. Um, the two wins were the last game of the 2019 season. That was a game where Drake Greenlaw had the tackle at the goal line to win and Jimmy G in that game. So he was 18 of 22 for 285 yards in, in two scores. And that was the game that, that, kind of sold me on him at the time because he was coming off his knee injury that year. And I thought he had a really good season overall. I, I did. I thought he, he played well considering he was coming off the ACL. In that game, he goes into Seattle. The Niners hadn't won there in forever. He played terrific. And I said, all right, you know what? This guy just won a big game on a big stage. It got him the bye, if I remember right, too. He, he is the dude. This is our quarterback. And then the playoff happened. Playoffs happened. And he kind of sucked. And then the next year he gets hurt again. And the re- the rest is history. But at the time, I thought, hey, maybe we have our guy. 
we didn't. I mean, listen, they won a lot of games with him. He shouldn't. He shouldn't. He shouldn't apologize for that. But um, yeah, didn't end up being the player I thought he was going to be after that game. But still, a great game that the Niners won. The second win they had was last season on a Thursday night when Brock Purdy went into Seattle um, after playing the Bucks. Sound familiar? He went in there with hurt ribs, and the Niners survived for a twenty-one to thirteen win. George Kittle was phenomenal in that game because he always shows up in prime time. Four catches, 93 yards, two touchdowns, and McCaffrey broke 100 yards um, rushing, and he had a TD as well. Other than that, it's basically been um, a decade of Russell Wilson beating the 49ers constantly, especially in Seattle. And I think a lot of us want to forget the last time the Niners played in Seattle on Thanksgiving. It was 2014. They lost 19-3. to and had 164 total yards of offense. And that was a Harbaugh team that was in the middle of imploding. I mean, that team was about to blow up. Everything was going bad. And you remember Richard Sherman and um, Russell Wilson eating turkey legs on the middle of the field. And I just remember everybody being so pissed and everybody hating both of them. <laughs> Years later, people know we like Richard Sherman, but back then we certainly did it. Um, but you know what? This is a different Seattle team. And I think the 49ers match up really well with this version of them. And if you go back to last season, Niners beat them three times, beat them 27 to seven in week two. That was the game that really started to change everything. Cause that was the game that Trey Lance got hurt. And then Garoppolo comes back in and he gets hurt. Cause that's, that's what Jimmy does. And then Brock Purdy and the rest is history. So, so that game in a lot of ways is a historical game for the 49ers. Um, they beat them again in, in the game we just mentioned, the Thursday night game in week 15. And then in the playoffs in 41 to 23, in a game that the Niners were losing by a point um, at home at halftime, Purdy looked like a rookie in the first half of that game. He didn't play super well, but he went on to rebound and have a phenomenal second half. He threw for 332 yards and three touchdowns. Debo was a monster in that playoff game. Six catches for 133 yards and a touchdown, and he ran three for 32. So the Niners had really no issue with them last year. S Seattle's a weird team. When you look at their record, I'm not sure they're as good as they are, as it says, the six and four. And I think that it could get ugly for them moving forward. So they started the season three and one. They lost week one to the Rams, but they followed it up with a really impressive win against the Lions. It was like a 37-31 type game. And you're like, all right. Lions just got done beating the Chiefs. Seattle might be for real. Week one's always fluky, but Seattle might be for real. So we didn't know about the Lions quite yet then, but maybe that loss against the Rams for Seattle in week one meant nothing because now they come out and score 37 against the Lions and look great. Their next two wins, though, so for that three and one start, were against the Giants and the Panthers. And that early in the season, you don't know quite know how bad teams suck yet. The Giants and the Panthers really suck. So those are not impressive wins at all. Since then, Things have started to trail off. They're three and three over their last six. Their wins have been against the Cardinals, the Browns, which is an impressive win. The Browns have a good defense, and the Commanders. And their losses were to the Bengals in a, in a close game, low scoring game. The Ravens destroyed them 37 to three. It wasn't even competitive. And then they lose last week to the Rams on a last second missed field goal. Now, Seattle scored 37 points in back to back games in weeks two and three. But since then, they've averaged just 18 points over their last seven. So the offense isn't working as well. And a large part of that is, is Geno Smith. Now, Geno's health is in big question because I don't know if you saw the play, but Aaron Donald like, murdered him. That was the hardest hit I've seen on a quarterback 
in a long time and they didn't call anything. Usually you breathe on the quarterback too hard and, and they throw a flag just because it looked bad. But Gino goes out with an elbow injury, but he ultimately returned and drove his team down the field. So you got to give him a lot of credit for that. He put them in field goal range. But Gino hasn't been as good this year as he was last year. Um, his rating last season was 100.9. This year it's down to 89.7. That ranks 17th. He threw 30 touchdowns last year. And he had a TD percentage of 5.2. This year he only has 12. And we've seen that TD percentage drop. Uh, it's down to 3.6, excuse me, which is uh, 20th in the NFL. He has three games this year of throwing for 157 yards or less. Now, if he can't play, it's going to be Drew Locke who will get the call. I don't think Drew Locke scares anybody. Drew Locke is a career 59% passer, and he's 8-13 as a starter in the league. And he's lost eight of his last 12 games as a starter. So, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I mean, if Gino can't go, the Seahawks are in trouble. They may be in trouble anyway. Seattle does have weapons. And I actually really love their draft this year. They put in a couple, they brought in a number of good rookies. Tyler Lockett, who I'm kind of always waiting to take a step back. Um, he never does. He has 51 receptions, 545 yards, four TDs, despite he's been, he's had a lingering hamstring issue. So he's not at hundred percent. Metcalf is always scary. Uh, 40 catches, 646 yards and three touchdowns this year. But one of the rookies I loved, I loved the Jackson Smith and Jigma addition for them. Then it gave him three really scary receivers and he's doing okay as a rookie, 36 catches, 365 yards, a couple touchdowns. Typically rookies, it's year two when they when they take off. But I thought they did a good job bringing, bringing weapons in for Geno. And they also typically have two good running backs. Kenneth Walker, um, strong, really good runner, but he's hurt. He's not going to play this week, and he may not play for a while. So I expect uh, another one of those rookies, Zach Charbonnet, to be the bell cow. And I like, I like Charbonnet coming out of the draft, and I, I like what I've seen so far of him in the NFL. He's averaging 4.9 yards per carry, and he's a really good receiver. He's got 19 catches, limited snaps, and I think he's going to be the bell cow in this game. I think they have DJ Dallas and somebody else whose name escapes me who may relieve him a little bit. But for the most part, you probably see like 80% Charbonnet, uh, which is exciting if you happen to draft him on your dynasty fantasy league. So maybe he gets a lot of yards and just doesn't score on the Niners. Kill the Seahawks. We'll see. Um, Seattle protects also protects the ball well. That's what the numbers say anyway. Um, they've only given up. I'm sorry, protect the passer well, according to the numbers. They've only given up 21 sacks and a press percentage of 5.7. Both are within the top seven. But the Rams had, uh, it was upwards of like 20 pressures last week. So they did have some issues protecting last week. So the Niners can hopefully take advantage of that. Now, defensively, another rookie, Devin Witherspoon. Dude is a stud at corner. He makes plays all over the field. He has a 97-yard pick six this year. He's got three sacks, so they blitz him. He can cover. Phenomenal player. Probably the defensive rookie of the year, I would think. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. I don't know, but he's right up there if not. And you, you pair him with uh, Reek Woolen, two good corners. Uh, Boye Mafi leads the team with seven sacks. But if you look at the metrics for Seattle's defense, like everything is in the middle of the pack. 
they're like 18th, 19th, and basically like everything. So not really a defense that scares you, but but they did have Leonard Williams. Um, and I, Burford did not practice today. So Burford's hurt. Aaron Banks was limited. If both of those kind guys can't go, you got Feliciano and Shanahan mentioned he may bring someone up from the practice squad. I don't know who that would be. Feliciano's played well, but if you are down another guard and all of a sudden you're going into this would be your fourth string guard, that is a little scary. The Niners have some issues in the middle as it is. That could be something that would worry you in the game if if those guards can't play. Another thing that would worry you is, is the short week. So there are some fluky things in this game, in this week. So it's a short week. Seattle's a division game, which you never know. I mean, look, the Niners have beat them, what, three times in a row now. It's tough to keep beating division opponents. So sometimes fluky things just happen. They know you really well. So that could be another factor where you worry. They have the Eagles coming up. Are the Niners going to look ahead at all? Can't imagine you overlook Seattle on Thanksgiving night. I can't imagine that's a game you're looking past just because of the magnitude of it and it's prime time and things like that. If anything, I could see a letdown in three weeks if they beat Philly and it's like a exhale type thing and then, and then maybe Seattle could trip them up then. But you have to hope that the Niners are coming in and they're, they're coming in pumped up for this game and they can continue to play well. I do expect on the Niners side of the ball, McCaffrey just, just carried the ball 21 times and he had five receptions. So he touched the ball 26 times against the Panthers against the Bucs. You got to think they're going to get Eli Mitchell in there a little more just so you're not killing McCaffrey. Maybe we even get a Jordan Mason sighting. Who knows? But I would imagine that McCaffrey is going to get some rest in this game. What I hope for, just watching this game, man, I hope they get out to like a 20-3 to three lead and you could rest starters. These are the games that worry me. It's their second Thursday night game of the season. Short rest. I, I just I hate them. I worry about injuries in Thursday games. Like I said, it's fun as hell. Fun as hell to watch a team on Thanksgiving. But that's a little bit of a worrisome thing. As far as players I'm looking for, George Kittle has been phenomenal the past four weeks. It's a primetime game. And I think that Kittle, once again, is going to show up big. I think he's going to have a big night. I think you're looking at 80 yards in that range. I think he's going to score a touchdown. George Kittle always shows up when the lights are brightest. And I think he's going to do that again, again this week. As far as a prediction, it's going to be one of those games. You know what? I think it's going to be similar to, to last year's Thursday game where the Niners were kind of in control, but the score was close. And then Seattle made it closer at the end. Kind of see it like that. I can see them 24-16, I'm going to say, Niners are going to win this game. And it could send Seattle, as far as the playoff picture, into a bit of a tailspin. Because they have a really tough schedule coming out. They have to play Dallas. They have to play the Eagles. They can and they have to play the Niners twice, as we know. So they can end up in a situation where they're six and four right now. There is a chance. So the Seahawks have the Niners on Thursday. Then they have the Cowboys the following Thursday. Really? Oh, that's weird. And then they have the Niners. Then they have the Eagles. So you can go from six and four to six and eight real quick, real quick. And the Niners can have a hand in that. If the Niners beat them twice, I mean, it's over. The division's over. The division might be, if they beat them this week, the division might be over. The Niners have those two big games coming up against the Eagles and the Ravens, though. Those are tough games. So if, if they do happen to get tripped up there, these games against Seattle are huge. They have to win these games. 